Hello, once this week's Sports Zone on Salford City Radio. I'm Rob Paxson and I'm here talking all things sports in Salford. Different kind of show this week. We've got highlights of interviews, which we've done over the last few weeks. And we're going to talk about the first Premier League games of the season, both Manchester United and Man City. And we'll talk about Salford City FC and obviously Salford Devils, who travelled to Leeds Rhinos in the last Super League game. So we'll talk about that this week. And obviously Swinton Lions, who were at home to Keighley as well, who were top of their division. So there's lots to go at this week. And we'll start with Manchester United's defeat in the first Premier League game of the season. They lost 2-1 to Brighton at Old Trafford. Ten Hag will be disappointed. Obviously, Manchester United need to be competing and winning every week. And obviously, defeat to Brighton will certainly, fans will question on there. Ronaldo was on the bench. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about his future at Old Trafford. Uh, so, for him to be on the bench is a, is a question mark. They talk about Fred and McTominay in that midfield area. And, you know, for the last whole of the summer, Manchester United have been trying to bring reinforcements in. They've, they've tried to get the young in from Barcelona. And, uh, obviously, as we speak... The, the transfer isn't complete and it's important really that Manchester United uh, improve that area of the team because people know that the midfield of Manchester United uh, is susceptible and teams attack uh, in that area. So it is going to be important to see if uh, Hentag can get reinforcements in uh, that area. Um, also the fact that Manchester United didn't have an out-and-out centre-forward on the, on the field uh, for most of the game with Christian Eriksen playing as a false nine. I know obviously you know, people think that might be his best position for his creation, and you know the way Man United play. You know, with the, the Rashford and Sancho attacking, you know, it didn't quite work against uh, Brighton. It has to be said when he when he went deeper, uh, Manchester United had more success. So that might be something to to look forward to uh, in the future. Do we panic about this first league game of the season and, and defeat against Brighton? I wouldn't say we do because obviously, you know, there's plenty of games to go. But there will be question marks on on what uh, Hentag is doing and 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 if he, this uh, team has the minerals to to reach the top four. Because obviously, Champions League is where Manchester United need to be. And obviously, if they aren't in the Champions League, people are going to be asking questions, aren't they, about the whole club. So you're hoping uh, that we can uh, bounce back from this defeat because obviously we're still a million miles away from the likes of Man City uh, and Liverpool and we're just hoping that obviously now we can uh, be bounced back from this defeat uh, and move on together and uh, win the next game. Man City fared much better. They were away at West Ham uh, and won 2-0. Erin Haaland his Premier League debut scored two goals uh, for Pep Guardiola's men lots of question marks about him after his uh, performance uh, and defeat in the charity shield against Liverpool missing that sitter but he started to prove the critics wrong with two goals against West Ham uh, the second one brilliantly taken I thought and you know he is a world class striker and Pep Guardiola will be you know licking his lips at the amount of uh, opportunities he will bring to this Manchester City side. They were awesome last season uh, with their run to the league title. So him coming in will only strengthen that team further. And the Man City fans will be, you know, purring with delight that, you know, they're able to capture Haaland and, you know, fitting in the team and, you know, the creation around him as well. It's it's going to be a, a fantastic uh, season uh, for them. Obviously, the pressure was on him because obviously, you know, there's a lot of noise in the press about 
what he will bring to Man City and being a, a goal scorer, a centre forward, you need to score. And obviously after his performance in the Charity Shield, um, you know the press were asking questions, but obviously he's uh, he's come back with a with a vengeance, scoring two goals uh, against uh, West Ham. Man City dominated the whole game, and, and obviously West Ham were left chasing shadows. But I suppose West Ham as a club, there, you know, they don't think. You know, beating Man City is a be-all and end-all. They've got other challenges ahead, and I'm sure they'll they'll uh, took um, you know the positives out from this game because obviously there are positives when you look at it. But I think Pep Guardiola uh, will be happy uh, with that start, uh, and uh, you know we'll move on to the next game. Salford City FC were in action. Uh, they faced Swindon Town on Saturday and drew nil-nil after, obviously, last week's victory. A point away at Swindon is very good. Swindon went down to 10 men when Harriet McCurd was sent off. Uh, Salford did press for uh, an opportunity. Connor Alley had their best opportunity, but Swindon hung on in the, in the second half. Uh, and obviously, Salford have to take the points back to Salford. One point is better than none. Would have took three in that situation. But I'm sure I'm sure Neil Wood's men would have been happy with the performance. Here is Neil Wood after the game against Swindon talking about the result. A point in the road's never bad in League Two. Uh, you know, any points away from home. But given the circumstance of the game, um, it could have been all three today, couldn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. You know. um, I think probably disappointing we didn't take the three points. But I thought the performance was really good. I thought um, I thought we probably started off really well. We got control of the game really early, and even when we had 11 men on the pitch, I thought we looked the most dominant team. So, yeah, it becomes difficult when they when they get the man sent off and they go to a bit of a, a block, and you have to break it down. And you know that's something that we have to get better at, something we have to get used to. Um, but yeah, all in all, a good performance, dominating performance, uh, and disappointing not to get the three points. And it perhaps speaks volumes that the man of the match went to their goalkeeper. You know, he had some really good chances. At, mm. at least, you know, the chances created. You're happy with. We we knew that we had to just be patient. So we said to them at half time, it might be the 75th, 80th minute before you get the one chance. So we knew that when that chance came, we had to be clinical. We had a few. You know, Brandon had a good chance. I think if he manages to control it, it was just out of his reach. But if he controls it, and I think it's a goal. Calamendra had a great chance. Elliot Watt at the end just whistles past the post. So yeah, I thought. You know, we had some good chances and then we had some periods where if we just had a little bit of extra quality in that final third, then I think the goal would have come. At times it felt quite hostile. How pleased were you with the way that the lad shouldered that and um, got on with the game plan, particularly in light of uh, Tuesday night and what will be another um, you know, big atmosphere? I, I thought they dealt with it really well. You know, there's a big crowd here um, and it's not easy to play in, in environments like this. It's a bit of a hostile environment, but that's something that we're going to relish this season. You know, that's we've got some great support here that came down from Salford, um, but we're going to have some stadiums that are, are full, and we've got to make sure that we can perform, stick to our game plan, and stick together in them stadiums. I'm glad no one's mentioned it yet um, in the other media interviews, but two clean sheets on the bounce to uh, start the season off. You know, defensively, is that mm. the sort of organisation you'll be looking to continue with? Most definitely, I think that's one of our big strengths. I think they've been really strong defensively. I think all pre-season, you know, we showed that, and it's a good platform to build on. You know, today we probably dominated possession more than a lot more than last week, and you know we've got some extra bits to work on to get better going into the next few games. We'll just quickly run through uh, the rest of the Premier League results from the first weekend of the season. Liverpool were away at Fulham and lost 
and drew, sorry, 2-2. Two, two. Um, two goals from Mirkovic from Fulham, one from the penalty spot, and the two goals from Liverpool, one from Mo Salah, and the other from the new signing Nunes, uh, Darwin Nunes, um, tied the game up there. So, fantastic uh, game at uh, Craven Park. And obviously Liverpool, disappointed really, because obviously they'll be challenging with Man City near the top of the table. So, they will be looking at that result and thinking, Should I need, do we need three? Can Liverpool afford to drop points this early in the season? That's a big question. But 2-2 at Fulham. Uh, Bournemouth, they beat Aston Villa at home. A lot of talk about Bournemouth being, you know, towards the bottom of the Premier League. But goals from Lerma and Moore gave them the three points in their first Premier League game of the season. Leeds beat Wolves 2-1. Uh, Rodrigo and Antinoir uh, for Leeds. Uh, Pondence for Wolves. So, good result, really, for uh, Leeds United. Obviously, after last season's uh, troubles at the bottom of the table, uh, off to a good start beating uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. I'm sure uh, the people of Leeds want a successful side and, um, um, you know, 2-0, 2-1 win against Wolves uh, is just the ticket for them. Newcastle United, they started their Premier League season with a 2-0 win against Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest. Callum Wilson and uh, Fabregan Scar, uh, the goal scorers for Newcastle, obviously a lot of money pumped in to, to Newcastle United uh, over the last uh, few years and I'm sure you know the new owners will be looking for a, a big success story this season. But beating Nottingham Forest, who have come up from the the, the championship this season, is a good start. I'm sure the Jardy faithful uh, will be looking for more. Tottenham they beat Southampton four uh, one with goals from Sessignon and Dyer, amongst others. Obviously Tottenham Hotspur. You know, a team that is trying to burst into that uh, top four uh, spot. So, great start for them beating Southampton at 4-1. And then Chelsea, they were away and Everton a 1-1-0 penalty uh, from John Eo um, from the spot after nine minutes of inch time in the first half. Uh, gave them the three points. Everton obviously just about managed to stay in the Premier League uh, in the last few games of the season. Last season, so defeat against Chelsea uh, isn't great start for them. I'm sure they'll be looking for more. Uh, Frank Lampard's team in the next uh, few weeks and months to come. Leicester City, they drew 2-2 uh, at uh, home to Brentford. Um, obviously, a lot of turnaround at Leicester City. Uh, lots of rumours about players leaving. Uh, I know Casper Spikes, Casper Michael has left the club recently, so there's lots of uh, things going on. Brendan Rodgers, the coach there, you know, he'll be looking uh, to steady the ship and, and start winning. So a 2-2 draw against Brentford isn't the the greatest uh, start. So that's your Premier League uh, results for this week. Premier League fixtures for next week. Aston Villa at home to Everton. Arsenal are at home to Leicester City. Brighton are at home to Newcastle United. Man City have their first home game against Bournemouth. Southampton um, face Leeds. Wolverhampton Wanderers, they face Fulham. And Manchester United travel to Brentford for the 5.30 kickoff. Nottingham Forest face West Ham. And Chelsea face Tottenham Hotspur. Salford City are in 
EFL Cup action on Tuesday. They are away at Bolton on Tuesday, the 9th of August. And then on Saturday, they're at home to Crew Alexandra. So it'll be a interesting couple of games for the Amis there. I'm sure the local derby against Bolton, uh, they'll be looking forward to that. And then a home tie against Crew Opportunity uh, to register the second home win of the season. So let's talk Manchester Storm now. They're preparing for their new season, uh, which starts in, I think, November. Uh, they've got new, well, a new head coach, former player Matt Ginn in charge. And uh, the media were invited to speak to him. And uh, this is what he had to say. Uh, big thanks to Manchester Storm TV uh, for sharing the interview with us. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Storm TV, where we have an exclusive interview with the new head coach of the Manchester Storm, Matt Ginn. Gitter, how are you feeling about the new role? Yeah, I've, I think I've said it many times. I'm really excited and I'm looking forward to getting going here. Um, yeah, just starting to starting to get to work already here, um, talking with agents and players and kind of know the way we want to go in some areas and kind of testing the market. And I'm, yeah, just thrilled. So as you went on quite the journey last season, uh, you. You came back to playing goal once again, but obviously then you got hurt in Coventry. Like, tell us about what happened there and everything that kind of happened since. Yeah, it was uh, it was a tough year for sure that way. Um, it started out um, kind of, I don't know, I just didn't feel great like body-wise in the net and after a couple games and just kind of tried playing through it and um, was in talks, got, got a cortisone shot there after the first one. Um, I saw the specialist and he said, it need, probably needed surgery, but we try the cortisone shot, and then um, it only lasted kind of a few weeks, I think. And even even then, I wasn't really myself. Like there wasn't any power, I guess, in goalie terms to push, and kind of I just didn't feel myself in the net. I couldn't play kind of my game, um, but tried it out, and then the cortisone kind of wore off, and I kind of threw it again. And uh, when that happened in Coventry, I kind of knew it was done. Um, there was just no real other or um, no real other avenue to go down to get it fixed, and uh, I could add surgery again. And the specialist just said it just kind of keep coming back. It could last kind of a year or not even that long. So it's just kind of then where we made the decision that it was it was my time. And what happened from there? Because obviously you eventually ended up on the bench, uh, helping Finna with the coaching. Was it Finna who asked you to get involved or was that something that you volunteered for? Yeah, no, I, uh, the first time there when I was hurt, I kind of helped out a little bit. Um, he, he'd asked me there, I th think it was a nodding and he texted me and asked if I wanted to stand on the bench that game. And I said, absolutely. So I hopped on and kind of got a, got a bit of a taste what it was like on there. Um, and then after, uh, after the Coventry game there, uh, we kind of talked, I think it was the next day, um, just kind of, he, him and I are really close, so he just kind of talked as a friend, I think, first, and then just kind of, yeah, asked if I wanted to move into a coaching role with him. And again, it was a no-brainer, kind of jumped right in and got my foot wet there, and I I loved it, honestly. Like, it's it sucked not being able to play, but I think coaching is kind of the next best thing, a great way to stay in the game, and um, as the year went on, he kind of gave me more and more responsibility um, in practice and during the games and stuff. And yeah, I just I 
loved it. Honestly, it was, I kind of knew right then and there, that's what I wanted to do. Um, even when I was playing, I, I wanted to, knew like was getting a little, little long in the tooth and, uh, I knew when I was done playing, I, I wanted to get into coaching and stay in the game. So it was kind of wor- it, blessing in disguise, I guess. And how did we go from you helping out on the bench to being offered the head coaching roles? Is that something you said actively, I want to do? Or did Finna come direct and said, I want to step aside next year, want you to take over? Yeah, we, we were kind of in talks uh, the last maybe quarter or third of the season. Um, I knew that he was going to step away or just step back into the GM only role. And then we were kind of talking and he asked if it was something I'd be interested in. And I said, yeah, absolutely. And He's like, well, think about it. It's a big job. And so we, we were kind of staying in touch that way. And I, I knew it's what I wanted to do. Talk to my fiance and ask permission, I guess. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, it was kind of went from there. And then I told him I'd absolutely love to love to do it. And then um, I, I don't know the exact time frame on that, but it was near the end of the season. Uh, so him and I kind of knew. And um, yeah, it was an easy decision for me, kind of a no brainer. And you say, yeah, your fiance is fully on board with this. So is she coming with you next season? Yeah, yeah, she'll be back over again. Um, she'll get a job over here, and we'll kind of make it our home, and which is easy. We both love Manchester, so it's a great spot. So you, you mentioned before, like coaching is the next best thing to play, but is it something that you've always wanted to do in the in the long term? I think so. Yeah, I wanted to stay in, involved in the game after I was done playing, and. Um, definitely looked into the coaching stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah. Long story short, yes. And how will you manage the transition from player to coach with the guys that you're going to bring back from last season? Because I hear that's one of the hardest things about going from player to coach. Yeah, I, I definitely say it's kind of. I would think the hardest thing. I haven't had to really experience it yet, but uh, just talking with Finner and even at playoff weekend, like uh, Adam Keefe there, they both went right into coaching from playing and uh, I think it'll just be good to kind of have kind of draw the line in the sand right away and the guys that are coming back like they're great character guys I don't see an issue that way it'll be just more kind of being in that coaches only role and uh, like I said it for me it's it'll be just a mutual respect thing I want to earn the players trust right away um, and get off to kind of a good start and just know kind of establish our culture as a team and our identity. And once uh, the first little bit's over, I I don't see it being an issue. Um, It'll just be right away kind of establishing those boundaries, but still not not being standoff. It's like I'll have a great relationship with the players and kind of want to be that player's coach, but still have kind of a set guidelines and rules and kind of establish, like I said, the culture of a, a winning team. So one of the things that Finna did mention um, once we announced that you're going to be head coach is taking on a guy who played in this league is a major advantage compared to other coaches who'd kind of been shipped in from overseas who haven't really adapted to the league over here. What is it specifically about the UK and the elite league, which is so difficult for these guys that people who've played here can understand? Yeah, I don't know exactly to, to answer your question, but it, it does seem that guys who have been successful in this year, guys who have played like the Andrew Lords and Kiefer, like I mentioned early, Danny Stewart, he's had some good teams there. And I, I don't know if it's uh, just kind of understanding the league maybe a little bit better or kind of trying to find uh, the right players to recruit and bring in. Like 
it, it seems a little bit odd. There's uh, some of the guys who come in that are big name guys don't really put up the numbers that that you expect, and then you kind of get a guy like Mike Hammond who kind of came out of I think Finnergan out of the SPHL, and uh, he came up and kind of tore it up. So it's it's a little bit different that way. I think maybe some guys just need an opportunity and whatnot. But uh, I know the big thing too is. Um, the playoffs, right? It's kind of the regular seasons, kind of the, the uh, top of the line. Like that's really your playoffs. And then the playoff weekend is, it happens pretty quick. So there might be a little bit of differences there as guys uh, who kind of come from North America used to the kind of seven best of seven playoff series and the uh, kind of the emphasis on the playoffs where over here, the, the regular season, you honestly can't take a night off. Like, if you have a tough loss early in the, the year, it's going to come back and bite you in the butt later, most likely. And you, you touched on recruitment there. How are you going to handle the recruitment with yourself and Finna? Yeah, he, he told me it's my team. So, like, I'll be in touch, obviously, with him, but I'll bring in the guys that that I want, and we'll, we'll be on the same page, I'm sure, with, with a lot of them. Um, I'll try and use kind of my playing experience and made, made a lot of – a lot of acquaintances and friends over the years been around for a long time. So kind of dip into that well. And I think I have a good understanding of uh, kind of what guy, what kind of guys will be successful over here and um, kind of definitely the, the shape of the team that we want to have here. One of the things Ryan mentioned about coaching in the modern day is that the head coach has to be much more hands-on, a lot more working individually with the players. Like, is that the kind of style that you're going to come in with? Like, how would you describe how you're going to coach the team? Yeah, I can't really uh, go back on anything yet, but uh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, like, uh, I definitely have a big passion for coaching and ho- the game of hockey itself, so I always want to learn. Um, like I said, I think goaltending is kind of a unique position where you see the game from the whole game right in front of you there. So I think that'll help too, kind of rely on that. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll want to be like, a, I guess you, you said a hands-on coach, but yeah, someone who's pretty detailed. Um and guys have like a black and white, know uh, what I expect right away. Um, and then, so we'll go from there and you kind of, I think that's how you build that culture and uh, the team identity that we talked about earlier. And what is the style of play that you're going to aim to have the Storm playing this season? Yeah, I think uh, definitely speed. Um, the way the hockey is going now is it's all about speed. You don't see kind of those, six foot five guys who can't move around really well. Now you, you have to be able to move. Um, you have to be able to skate, even in our smaller rink there, you, you saw some of the guys that with that speed are able to create so much more. Um, we're definitely going to hopefully limit the number of goals we gave up last year. It was just, it was too high too on It was unacceptable. Um, but we're going to play that fast in your face style, um, physical. Um, but I'll, I'll let, again, like there will be, <clears throat> rules how we play defensively and kind of like that but I want guys to be creative like we'll bring guys that make plays and score goals and that's kind of yeah the the outline right now I guess and I suppose our rink is both one of our strengths and weaknesses over the last few years we've always had a really good home record and we've often struggled away what's your take on that going to be is it going to be to really focus on the home form or we're going to look at getting more points on the road uh, both. <laughs> I do, yeah. both. Yeah, no, uh, you definitely want to keep that home ice advantage. And 
this rink, you, you have to play simple, simple and fast and just kind of predictable is how you play here and physical. And we'll do that. But a lot of those traits is how you want to play on the road too. Obviously playing, going from Manchester to Nottingham or Sheffield, the bigger ice, you might have to tweak a few things, but I, I don't think you want to change too much. We'll have kind of a blueprint of how we play. Um, we might, well, we will make some adjustments on the road as well. Um, but it, it's definitely something that, especially with the uh, traveling support we get too, and like you want to put on a show at home, obviously, but on the road as well. Um, and those are those points on the road are just as important as the one at, ones at home. So it's definitely an area that we're uh, will improve. And obviously, you're taking over from the man who's moving upstairs. Um, he's going to be there every week, seeing the team. Like, what's your working relationship going to be like? Do you think? I, I don't see it being an issue. Um, we're like I said, we're close. We've had a good relationship since uh, kind of the first year I came here. Um, we're very open with each other. There will be no kind of second guessing. I think we'll both be pretty direct and upfront, and um, hopefully that that translates on the ice. And I, I think communication is such a big thing, both with your players, um, the GM, and just knowing kind of what what uh, is expected, um, and that's going to kind of be an area of emphasis this year. We often have one of the smaller budgets in the league to work with with regards to recruitment. What are the special characteristics that you're looking to bring in? Not necessarily as the on-ice skill, but what are the sort of off-ice characteristics you're looking for that would help a player in Manchester? Well, just uh, character is so important. Um, you're with these guys, like they're really your brothers during the season. You're with them more than your family almost, but... Uh, no, it, it, just character is so huge. That team mentality, team first, um, bring in winners, right? guys who have been there and won. Um, and that that kind of takes, a, that is, sets a kind of foundation for the culture. And like, you can never have enough leadership either. So I know the returning guys will have, or will be leaders and they'll, they've been here, they know what to expect. Um, they can help those guys. And then that's contagious. Um, kind of negativity and all that stuff is has no place in the room. It's contagious as well. And on the other uh, flip side. So we're, we'll bring in guys of high character, guys who want to work and compete and battle and learn and just kind of team first, be there for your teammates, stick up for them. And that's, that's kind of it. One characteristic that we've often had with Ryan on the bench these last few years is, is a rather interesting relationship with the referees. Are we expecting a, uh, Similar treatment from yourself, or are they going to get an easier ride now? It's tough. I was, I always say it to Finner. Like uh, in the net, I was pretty calm talking to the refs and joking around and stuff. And then you're on the bench, and uh, it, it's tough to stay calm sometimes. But no, they they do a good job. They have a hard job. Um, it's, it's definitely the longer you play, you realize how the game's gotten faster. It it, it is difficult. Um, definitely don't want to be one of those guys yelling at the refs all game. It doesn't help. I mean. If it doesn't it never uh, you don't see them kind of go back and change a call very often if ever so no it, show them respect they'll show you respect and that's uh, kind of how how i'll aim to be so let's talk rugby league now we'll start with salford red devils ladies they were in league cup final action last week they beat Oral uh, to register their first trophy as a team. Congratulations to them. I spoke to Captain Louise Fellingham about the game and this is what they have to say. We'll talk about the ladies. Louise, great victory in the Cup, cup final uh, against Oral. You won 20 points to eight. 
what an amazing win out and did it feel yeah, it felt good. It's really hard to put into words. I think for a lot of us, it's probably still sinking in, to be honest. Obviously, back in November when we were trialling and getting offered sort of places in the, the first team squad and stuff, and you don't think at that point that there's any chance that you'll make a final and that the first final that as a group of players that you play together, that you win. It's it's. It's pretty amazing, to be honest. It's really difficult to explain how it feels because it's, it's, it's a really new feeling. I've, you know, I've have been in cup finals before in different sports. I've won cup finals before a long time ago now. It feels really, really different because it, it, it feels special because we've created this, you know, with the help of a lot of people, don't get me wrong, but, you know, the players have come together over a really short space of time. We've managed to, to as I say, win our first cup final, which... Yeah, you can't write that, can you? What was the build-up like going into the game? Obviously, it's a big game. There have been players who have played in cup finals or haven't played in cup finals. What was what was the mood like? Where did you go? Yeah, so generally we're we're quite chilled and we try and keep our sort of match days the same. You know, the same warm up, as you know me, and then we have certain certain things we like to do. But in general, we keep things the same, just so that every game is just like the, the next one and the last one. No different, just it being a cup final. But I think the coaches and the guys behind the scenes wanted to make us understand, like the importance and what what we've managed to achieve is special regardless of the result and you know they put no pressure on us whatsoever but it was just to sort of just make it clear to us that the club are proud of us the, the start you know the coaching staff and the guys behind the scenes myself fish sam they're all proud of where we've got regardless of the result so we ended up having sort of a, a team feed and you know it doesn't take much persuading for for the girls to have a team feed so we had a breakfast at chevy sharks just down the road from our all so it was really lovely so and obviously big thanks go to them for letting us use their clubhouse it was it was amazing I, I wasn't expecting it walked in banner up on the wall balloons you know breakfast set out it was it was just really nice to be able to as a team have breakfast together really really chilled it was lovely and then we had a few Good luck messages. You guys are on there. Thank you for that. You know, trying to choke us all up. <laughs> Just for a game. And then, yeah, and then they sort of put a bit of a montage together of sort of our journey so far, which was lovely. And I don't know, I can't obviously speak for everyone, but for me, it didn't feel like any extra pressure. It just it, it just sort of like made it really clear of, of, you know, this is how far you've come. And regardless of result, we should be really proud of, of, of getting here in the first place. So it was a really, really good morning. We did it in one take as well, didn't we, Parker? Obviously. Um, <laughs> hey. um, I think... The thing that's that's kind of stood out for us all year, and we, we, you know, we say every week, we, the commitment and the the attitude that the girls have shown in, in such in coming together in in such a short space of time to become this team that they it, it has been. I'm going to say it again. You know, if you're going to play podcast bingo, we get this every week. It's been the good news story. It really is. And we were saying off air, if you got that one. Yeah. We said off air, you know, the feel about the club at the moment. And the last sort of year to 18 months have been, there's something going on at the club. And you ladies have, have been a major part of that now. You've you've given us, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it was like, even when it first started, it was a, a belief that this was going to happen. This was going to be something. It wasn't, you know, 
Paul King had said it already, and others that this wasn't, you know, a box ticket exercise. This was this was real. We've got aims of of being a Super League team, and how quick it was going to happen. And I said earlier in the year, so this year will be a, a bit of a learning curve. You know, everyone getting together and playing together, and maybe and, and I didn't realise until a few weeks ago. It's been mentioned by various coaches that some of the girls never played the game before, didn't know the rules, and you you wouldn't. When you hear that, you think, well, they got no chance. What you know? How, you can't. You're not going to win anything if you don't know how to play the game. And then week on week, it's just got better and better and better from that that first friendly against Swinton to where where you were last weekend. I mean, that that could take years to get to that level, and it hasn't. It's taken months, and it, it's just all credit to the work that you've put in and those extra hours, like you said, on Monday. All right, you might get a, a Calvary after it but you know the work that, that gets put in then you don't have to you're not getting paid for this and and the other side of it is and like I mentioned before about you know Cal Watkins and Ryan Braley being Salford fans you guys most of you no connection to, to Salford but you're actually putting that shirt on representing us in a manner that that, that has given us this pride and that's why you know we're, we're, we're just I know I'm going to speak for everybody here but we're just just so delighted we got the result on Sunday that you know, again, you give us that buzz on top of what we had on Sunday. It, it just made everything feel so much better. Mm. So let's start talking about the match now, Louise. Early in, in the game, they turned over the ball from kickoff. Brogan Evans went close and then Riven, Riven is the dancer. McKeown was the answer. First try, settled the nerves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we put pressure on in defence. They make a mistake. As you say, Brogan goes close. And then we just set up our processes. It was just a simple block play. If you speak to Luce, she she was trying to draw the defender in to actually shoot the ball out to, to Lauren on the wing. But the defender just never just never came towards her, never came to tackle her. So she just went over, you know, as she does. So, yeah, like fit in that she scores in the final because she's been outstanding for us all season. You know exactly what she's about. She She's, she's outstanding. So what you're telling us now, she's accidentally scoring tries now. Yeah, <laughs> she said to me, like, yeah, literally, if you watch, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the video, but it literally looks like they're just backing off her and backing off her and like she's getting closer and closer to the line. So, you know, someone like her is going to go over. New travels fast. All depends he's backing off now. She gets it on it. Trust me. Uh, anyway, it sort of made me think, though, we scored, right? And we literally ran straight back to the, to the centre circle. What's that? excitement that we scored and let, let's go again or was that let's kick it off quick so they don't have much time to regroup I think it's just it's that sort of showing willing and that intensity that we want them to see we want them to know that our fitness is better than theirs that we want them to know that our attitude is better than theirs it's just all about the optics so for us if us jogging back you know it's a couple of minutes in that's nothing to us you know we're going to be grinding that out we'll still run back to the halfway line on 79 minutes do you know what I mean so I think if you can get even those small, you know, we talk about one percenters and even if that's on a psychological level of going, we're sprinting back up to halfway line. You, we're ready for kickoff. Like as soon as, as Demi kicks this and kicks it over as she does, mm. we're back. We're ready. Let's go. You know, we, we want more. Whatever it was, it worked. Next set, their fullback knocked on. Taz went from dummy half, gave it to Alex Simpson and she does the rest. Sold for 10-0 up, 10 minutes gone. 
Yeah, so obviously you've had Batesy on a lot and he talks about getting your head up and playing what you see. And we'd actually set, if you, again, if you look at the video, we, we were set on the right. We, we'd got our shape sorted. We knew what we were playing. And I literally looked up and just saw the numbers and I just shouted, left. And Taz, what a ball from Taz out to Alex. And, and you know, when Alex gets that ball, she, she's always going over. Again, I have so much confidence in, in her ability, whether she's beating... Uh, five six players or she, she's going through just a couple you know you can you know bet your house on her uh, going over from that distance out yeah for alex and is it sadie rihari the other center both yeah. sensational i thought on the edges paul and obviously 10 nil up in the cup final sort of as a fan you dream about that don't you yeah you certainly do it was a great start to the game and you know we like this season now, I'm with what Park said before, you know, we wasn't sure how things were going to go, you know, a new team and as you said, people who would not played the, the game before. I know I wasn't at the game on Sunday, but I didn't really have any worries about it because every week the result just comes in and I expect the ladies to win now. So I think they must have got that belief between themselves now. I think they must be so confident going into games when you are winning matches. And like you said, the professionalism that they show... The dedication, the show, we had Chris on last week, didn't we? The dedication he shows. We mentioned that he's got a full-time job, as as you all have, you guys. And, you, you know, you're not doing it to get paid for it. You're doing it in your own time. And it's it, tremendous, really, tremendous. And that good start that you got, studying in good stead. Yeah. Oral did push at that point. Louise, Sadie intercepted, ran 60 yards, gave it to Lauren Ellison. Unfortunately, the pass was judged forward. But it shows how good our strike is that we can turn defensive to attack straight away yeah definitely it's something we've been working on you know week in week out I think Batesy sort of said to you that as a group of players we came up with our goals for the season obviously that's one ticked off but <laughs> within that obviously we put that to the coaches and they're setting out obviously sessions each week and to get as where we need to be you have something to go to plan and aren't, aren't as good as you want them but ultimately they're there to get us where we want to be um and part of that is being able to go from from defense into attack and i back our defense all day long i really do we know we're good going forward we know we can put on shape we know we've got you know those sort of those magical players that can can turn nothing into something you know so it's just about giving them the platform to do that and and i think it's we've got so many players that have that ability to just get the ball and, and make something happen, which, I mean, Sadie, I mean, I don't think it was forward, but the rest obviously decided it was. Uh, but yeah, even just that, you know, just that quick thinking. And Lauren, you know, once she pins her ears back, there aren't many people catching her. I don't know if you saw that the girl, the oral girl, actually shoved her teammate into her to try and stop her. That's the only way that they could catch her. Panic, panic defence, they call it. <laughs> she just shoved her. <laughs> Talking about Super Sadie, uh, she was the next try scorer. Love work by yourself, short side, boom, there you go. Yeah, so again, we'd set, we were putting pressure on. Again, I actually think we'd set the other way. We'd set up a bit of shape and I just saw, I think they'd numbered up okay, but looking at the girls, they didn't look like they fancied it. So I just shouted to Brogan to shoot me, passed me to Sadie and I, again, from five metres out, Sadie's going over every single time. There's not many people that are going to stop her from there. You know, she was 
devastating against Dewsbury the week before, and and I think she showed that again on Sunday, just her 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 quality. Yeah, four tries in two games. But I think it was the defence as well, because she was like leading the the charge on that side of the field. Yeah, we can talk about the, the tries all day, but I think it's the defensive effort that, that people notice. Yeah, absolutely. Like I joked around with her before when, when I saw obviously the injury to Steph is was was awful for for her, but for all of us as well. Sadie coming in has obviously given us a different aspect to centre they're very very different players so it's not like she's been a direct replacement for Steph but she gives us something else and I sort of said to her I said if you're coming on my on my right edge you know it's a mentality it's a it's a lifestyle you've got her, you know it's not just about the attack because we know you know we, we we're good in attack but it's that defensive side as well and I take great great pride in making sure you know no one comes through on our edge and and there's times where she's like lob lob get out get out let me come in let me come in and I'm like oh, you go for it you, you go and smash some people that's fine <laughs> and she she does she, she absolutely loves to defend which which is awesome as you know you've you've seen Steph's exactly the same Lauren's I, I don't know how she tackles some of the people she does so um yeah Sadie's awesome in defense Parky, we are the right side. We're stronger than you. That's the chant. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up with them tonight. Sorry, they're all in there somewhere. <laughs> so... Coming up to the second half, Louise, coming up towards the end of the first half, both teams had chances. Demi Jones kicked to the corner. Alex Simmons not able to gather. Oral made a break, 60-metre break. Brogan Evans made a nuisance of herself and he spilled the ball. And then Kaylee Bradshaw had a bit of white line fever and, and dropped it with a metre out. But, you know, at that point, we're leading 16-0 uh, and we're in a box seat. Yeah, absolutely. I think... You know, people always ask you before a cup final, are you nervous? Are you nervous? And it's like, well, I wasn't until you asked. Um, but, <laughs> like, um, I, and it's probably going to sound overconfident, but I honestly just, I have so much belief in this squad mm. that I think if we can play to our ability, I'm not concerned. You know, if we stick to our processes, if, you know, and that's the whole point. That's what the coach is instilling is that as long as we stick to our processes, that doesn't mean we don't play, you know, some expansive rugby you know I think it was it Ryan who said you know it might look like it's off the cuff but it, it's not you know we, we we do have set processes and I think I honestly believe that if we stick to that and we play to even 60-70% of our potential there's not many teams especially in our league that are gonna they're gonna trouble us so I think 16-0 up I was quite happy you know I like I, I thought that if we needed to turn it on and really up it, then we need we, we could. But ultimately, our defence is strong. They need to score. You know, we don't at that point. So I was I was relatively happy in that sense going into into half time. Obviously, being the captain at half time, what what did you do? Did you did you stand up and give everyone like a massive sort of shouting session, or did you just just what did you do? You the captain? Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm not the loudest actually in in the change room. I think I try and lead by example, mm. uh, and I think I think if I was to stand up and shout in the change room when we're sixteen nil up, I think that would be sort of too out there, and I don't think it would work with mm. with the girls. To be honest, I think I have had to. You know, there's been games. I think it was the the first Dewsbury game, the home game, we'd just conceded the second try and, you know, they're getting back into the game and, and it's that whole, they're getting a roll on type thing. And 
then I did have some words to say. But I think for the, the sort of character I am and the way I try to lead is, as I said, by example. And I think I think there's a time and a place and, and it wasn't that on Sunday. It didn't need it. There, there were enough things being said by the coaches. And ultimately, we knew that if, if our defence held strong, we've won, we've won the cup, you know. So I think it's sometimes less is more when it comes to sort of, you know, trying to say too much when they, when it's not needed. Mm. Second half started. Uh, Oral knew they had to do something uh, to get back in the contest. They scored first, sort of round the edge of our defence, went over in the corner, 16-4. What was your thought process at that point? Obviously, they scored first in the, in the, in the second half. What were the nerves like behind the posts? Um, I think we were probably just more frustrated than anything. I, again, like I say, I don't think... I mean, I wasn't particularly nervous. I didn't think that they were better than us on, on the day. So it didn't feel at that point like it was anything really to be worried about. Let's say frustration, obviously, because, you know, we don't like to concede. Especially if you look at our results over the last few weeks, we've conceded very few points and we sort of take great pride in that. So I think it's more that than anything. And I'm sure Batesy sort of said it that, if they were coming through the middle and scoring through the middle, then then that's sort of like an individual error or, or player error. Whereas if they're getting around the edges, it's a system error. So, you know, we can take that and we'll we'll work on that. And obviously there's certain teams where we need to be able to change that shape in defence. But that's something that we've definitely talked about anyway that we know that we need to work on. So frustrating, but, but not the end of the world at that point. Yeah, you took the frustrations out on Oral. Uh, Lauren Elson with the next try. You... Lucy McKeown linked up, sent Super Sadie through a, a gap. She found Laura Ellison on the on the wing. She crashed over in the corner. Salford led 20 points to four, 20 minutes to go. Yeah, like I've watched that try back a couple of times. I think it's a great try, um, obviously. Um, no, because <laughs> I made it. <laughs> No, so it, it, again, it's it's a set play. So it actually starts. Obviously, I don't know whether it was Brogan or or Tazin at hooker, but it actually goes from Demi to me. So we set it like that on purpose. We're maybe a little bit wider of the post than we would normally set, so it gives us a bit more space. Yeah, Demi to me. I've got a little. I think um, Meg runs my block, and then you've got probably Helena. I'm guessing at second row at that point, who who does a block run for loose. I know that if I get her the ball, she she'll engage that defence every single time. And Sadie's line was just amazing. And then then the hands to be able to offload it to, to Lauren while she's got a couple of players on a yeah, a great try. And then Lauren there, you're not stopping her. It was sensational, I, I thought. Twenty points to four. Oral came out of then, we have to be said. Heroic defence from us, sliding defence was awesome the wingers coming in stop sort of sort of condensing the defense and then you've got the slide uh, coming across always getting the numbers right and uh, yeah they tested us you know for for a long time and, and we didn't break yeah definitely like i say i really do back our defense um we do slide well we do stack in a bit and sort of like umbrella round when we can mm. um so yeah, Katie Gary, who's on the Gary, not great. Who's who's on the on the left now? She's sort of bought into that as well. So that definitely gives us that that sort of added on that side. And I think you know with the pace of sort of Lauren, she's able to to get across. And and if she's not, there's one of one of the rest of us there as well. And I think mm. we I think we definitely held them up. I don't know. There must have been four or five of us at one point holding holding a girl up on the line. And you know, she made a comment of. Well, that was good. It was like, well, yeah, it was. 
And then I think, uh, I don't know what she was playing. If she was playing loose, she sort of like went went trying to crash over in the middle. And again, mm-hmm. Lucy's there, body under the ball. You know, I'm tugging back on her arm to, to just ensure that she's short of the line. And we did a lot of that. But I, again, I think we just take great pride in it. Like, you know, I will happily defend as much as I need to, as long as we can keep them out. And, you know, it's putting bodies on the line and it hurts, but ultimately it's a cup final. So you sh- it, sh- it should, you should hurt at the end of a cup final. Do you know what I mean? And it mm. should feel like you've been in a battle. And I know Demi spoke about it last week, didn't she? About, you know, being in a battle, going to war and that's how it feels and that's how it should. So that at the end of it, you know, then the result sort of takes care of itself. Yeah. Paul, when you see your team putting bodies on the line, it means everything, in it, especially the cup final. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, I mean, it's commitment, isn't it? And and that will to win, that's what gets you over the line, doesn't it? And, you know, just, just there, you know, talking about before the game, that anticipation of going to war, you know, you, you're prepared for it, aren't you? You know it's, it's going to be tough. You're not going to go to a cup final and not get hurt. It's like mm-hmm. going swimming and not getting wet. You, you've got, you've got to, you've, you've got to. You know, there's all sorts of conundrums that you can say and things like that, but you, you know what's going to happen, don't you? So um, you've just got to work through it, through that. And in the final, there's, there's no better way to do that. It's a professional performance, you know, that, that's what it's all about to, to bring that trophy home. Yeah, overall, this is how try kick to the corner, the player offside, and then they scored with about ten minutes to go in the other corner. Um, Twenty points to eight at that point, Louise. Obviously, you know, you've said you backed the defence. Was the plan to, to, to kind of squeeze them? Because our next set, we you kind of kicked, shot, chipped and chased to sort of press their fullback in. And they never really recovered from that. Yeah, I think, you know, they'd had a lot of ball in our, in our half. And it's then about, we sort of had a bit of a reset. Our forwards work tirelessly week yeah, in, week yeah. out. They really, really do. I mean, I watched the, the, the full game back and like Meg was phenomenal and you just don't you don't see it because they're not the players that necessarily, you know, run 80, 90 yards and, and, and score, you know, these spectacular tries. But the work they do for us is just immense. And, you know, that goes in defence as well. When when teams are trying to come through the middle, you know, they're the ones putting their bodies on the line. So, you know, if we can try and pin them in and, and we've got certain calls, you know, where we will put that little bit of extra extra pressure on, like like the lads did on Sunday in that first half where they were sort of hunting in packs and, and really putting the pressure on, you know, it's, you know, the 70th minute and we're still trying to defend like that because we know that if we put that pressure on, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to stay in there, you know, keep them in their 30 and, and and ultimately, if we we keep them in their thirty, they can't score. And then again, we've we've won the cup. So I think that was just that maybe that little bit of a switch from us. That right, there's ten minutes left here. They've just scored. Let's not let them get down in our half again. And and I think we we did that pretty successfully towards you know in that last ten minutes. I think although we were putting a lot of effort in, the pressure was sort of on them in the sense of it was more in their half than ours. Big moments come from big players Parker and game management it was one of them and I thought that was a big moment little chip and chase pin the full back and it just it just changed everything in, in, in that last 10 minutes Parker yeah well a few a few things from that to be honest one you mentioned you know Meg there and, and, and players like her who do them, them them little things that people don't always see or don't always get the credit for and you know it's another one of my old favourites really you can't you're not going to win anything without players like that in your team those players who just do the work and don't don't need the credit, don't need it, you know, they, they just get on with what they do. And every every successful team will have players like that who just put the graft in every week. 
And yeah, set a platform for you. Going from that is what I've heard all the way through is uh, about the defence, about you know trusting in the defence, and and it's something you say every week, Robin. You know, again another old adage, but defence wins your games. And if you know your team can attack like ours can, you just get that defence sorted. You're gonna again, you're gonna win more than you're gonna lose. It's as simple as that. But again, yeah, you've gone on about big players in big games, and that's why you know Louise is the skipper. That's why you know, and, and Demi's been put in a role that. That scrum out to do what she. These players are there for a reason. They they know how to control the game. I was just listening then throughout, and you know, if this sounds condescending, somebody please tell me because it's not supposed to. But the technical speak is unbelievable for for a team that have been together for a few months and didn't play the game. Some of this is is unbelievable. You're like, what? Hang on, what? What? I wouldn't expect any of that. (laughs) <laughs> and they all know, and they all. This has been learnt in no time. This is the effort that's been put in to get to results like that, and that's the work that goes on behind the scenes. And I was just, I, I'm just blown away. Listen, I think no, no wonder they're so good. Mm, yeah. they're, they're, they're talking there uh, uh, with skills and a, a level that are way beyond where they are. You know what I mean? These, these are the top Super League teams, in, 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 certainly in the women's game. But that's the kind of thing they've been doing for a few years. You know, not not a few months. This, this team's just been put together, and I was blown away. Then I was absolutely, I was just like, "What?" You know, you're going about blockers and some of the some of the you know the the runners and the fact that you know you, you've got these plays together with you and Demi. You know, standing wider than the, from the post than you would normally, and things like that. And I can I can see what you were saying. And thinking, oh, it's just it's not just made up. This this is this is worked, and this is you know really quality stuff uh, <laughs> overall. That's why you have players like Louise in your team to to kill that game, to put the ball where you needed to put it, to turn them around, defending their half. It's a lot lot harder to score unless you, you know, the Salford's men's team who score from all over. But uh, no, just just brilliant, and everything I've heard there, just so impressed. And obviously, we've seen them a few times. I've not watched the whole game yet. I've got so far into it. So I'm now really looking forward to that and I'm probably picking out a bit more of the technical stuff rather than worrying about what point the tries come in. No, brilliant. And uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm absolutely blown away. So that was Salford Red Devils ladies captain uh, telling us about the victory uh, last week against Oral. Salford Devils men team were in action this weekend. They faced Leeds Rhinos and were defeated 34 points to 13 away. Uh, I spoke to head coach Paul Rowley after the game. And this is what I had to say. Back from 18 points down to 18, 14 shows your team's got heart, haven't it? Yeah, we never doubt that. Uh, we spoke at half-time and never doubted the effort, never and the heart and, and character but uh, you know sometimes you just don't get it right and in in attack and in defense and, and that was the story for us today so um and leads weren't um poor enough that we could nick it so uh that you know they, they were good enough to, to you know reese martin in particular slotting over the goals doesn't help us it every four became six uh and i thought it was pretty good out there for Leeds as well so um, yeah, two teams who probably weren't at the best, but uh, Leeds, uh, their own following, and they, they got through at the end. So, and hats off to them. We've got no no dramas in that respect. Yeah, two uh, Chris Hacking disallowed tries. They go over it's all, all different, isn't it? Yeah, um, and the disallowed, I think, for knock-ons, which if he's knocked on, he's knocked on. So that's that's what it is. So we're not we're not uh, we've got no dramas there either. That's it's our job to ground the ball. So. 
um, that and you know you could say it's good last ditch defending or unfortunate for us but ifs and, and maybes you know it's not going to get us the two points so we, we, we'd rather control our own destiny by what we do uh, through our defence and, and with the detail in our attack as I spoke about so that, that's the area we'll focus on. Yeah, what does it feel next week? Another massive game in our chase for the playoffs? Every game's massive and uh, obviously we're playing Huddersfield third, so uh, the, the big spenders, if you like, so we've got a tough challenge, but we look forward to it. Swinton Lions were also in action uh, and they suffered home defeat to Keefley, top of the table Keefley. Jordan Chase, Max Kirkbright and George Robert and Louis Lewis else uh, put Swinton 20 points to two up at halftime but unfortunately Keithley fought back try from ex-Salford centre Junior Sow uh, completed the uh, comeback for them so this week Salford Red Devils ladies are in action on Wednesday against Widnes Vikings and on Sunday they face Warrington Lunas the men's team have Huddersfield Giants at home on Saturday, which you can watch at the AJ Bell or on Channel 4. Swinton Lions are away at the Raiders, so good luck to all our teams this week in action. Big thanks for tuning in to the Sport Zone on Salford City Radio. I'm Rob Parkinson, and we'll see you next week for more Salford Sporting Chat.